0: Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. For less than $10 a meal, they deliver seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients mm. right to your door. I know a lot of people who use Blue Apron and are extremely grateful for that convenience. I personally am a huge fan of delivery. I know you In are. many forms, as y'all know. Yeah, Blue Apron, is completely flexible, so you can customize your recipes each week,
1: just like the Miranese knot.
0: <laughs> and choose a delivery option that fits your needs, just and like Pod. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient arrives ready to cook, just like Pod. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll make it right. Featured upcoming meals that will be available in August include. Basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella, sauteed shrimp and green beans with mm. globe tomatoes, spinach, and orzo pasta, whole grain pasta and summer vegetables with heirloom tomato caprice salad, mm. miso butter, salmon, and lo mein noodles with cucumber and charm tomatoes. My goodness, charm tomatoes, mm. and meatball pizza fresh mozzarella cheese, and charmed tomatoes. My goodness. You're not finding that in three-fingered Hobbs' kitchen, guys. (laughs) Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Game of Thrones. You will love how Mm. good it feels and tastes (laughs) (laughs) to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's BlueApron.com slash Game of Thrones. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And now, back to Binge Mode. Lord Baelish.
1: Cheetah, please.
0: Are you heading to listen to Binge Mode?
1: I'm going to the area to see your Aunt Lysa in the veil.
0: She's sensitive, so I feel, I feel compelled to tell you that Binge Mode features adult content. Good, good. Very graphic at times. God. I know how she is around Moondoors, so wanted to warn you just in case. And now here's binge mode. Brothers, a hundred generations have defended this castle.
1: She's never fallen before. She will not fall tonight. Those are thins our walls. They eat the flesh of the men they kill. Do you want to fill the belly of a thin tonight? Tonight we fight! And when the sun rises, I promise you, Castle Black will stand! The Night's Watch will stand!
0: (laughs) Hello! Hey! And welcome to Binge Mode. I'm Mallory Rubin, deputy editor of TheRinger.com. Yeah. Joining me today, now that he's finished fighting off giants and holding the inner gate. Hold the gate. It's Ringer staff writer and your maester, Jason Concepcion. Hello. Jason.
1: It's like being here with a whole nother person. <laughs> and they're wrapped up in you and you're wrapped up in them and... Do ah, the- I'm not a poet.
0: Jason, yeah. we are all... Going to die a lot sooner than we were planning. So we better keep moving. We are rewatching all 60 episodes of Game of Thrones. We're deep diving one episode at a time. Spoiler warning for all of you, as usual, we will be going deep on details from the show and the books from this episode and this season and beyond. So you best get used to the cursing because it's time to break down season four, episode nine The Watchers on the Wall. Right now, I don't want to hear about the bear you never fucked.
1: Oh, Sheila. She was great. Soft, though, in the right place.
0: I just said right now I don't want to hear (laughs) about the bear you never fucked. I want to offer a brief refresher on what actually happened in this ninth installment, one of Game of Thrones' signature battle episodes. Let's take a quick trip down our very own King's Road.
1: Castle Black. The Wall. The North. The North. Calm before the storm, John and Sam share a moment atop the wall. John tells Sam what sex is like. It's like, you're with a whole nother person, and you're a part of them, and they're a part of you, and you're, ah, forget it. How big were her feet? But, you know, it's a good size, not overly large. Sam shows John the loopholes pertaining to such activities in their vows, not specifically ruled out sexual activity. P.S.
0: Always reading the fine print.
1: That's right. Just outside Castle Black, Tormund, you greet, and the wildling raiders prepare for Mansa's signal. Sam visits the library, his place of refuge from various troubles in his life. Master Aemon finds him there. The old Targaryen gives Sam some insight into his past as the man who could have been king. Gilly and the baby survive the attack at Molestown and they arrive at the gates of Castle Black. Sam puts Gilly and the baby in the storeroom for safekeeping, you know, with the dried hams and stuff. Mm. Uh, just then, the horn blows twice for wildlings, and the attack begins. Alistair Thorne admits, you know what? Actually, John, you were kind of right. We should have sealed the tunnel. Thorne then goes to deal with Tormund's raiders at the gates of Castle Black, and he leaves the wall with the very brave Jono Slint. A courageous man, a true Gryffindor. He really is. Slint is stunned by the sight of Mance's host, and the piss streaming down <laughs> his leg very nearly melts the wall. Grand tricks him into leaving, and John takes command. Hey, did you know that a giant can carry a bow and arrow? Neither did John or Slint. John orders Gren to take five men down to the tunnel to hold it against an angry giant. Bells? We need a bell, Zach? For Gren? He saved the realm. And Mag. Mag the mighty <laughs> last of the giant. No? Okay. Pipar dies. Situation in the yard is becoming desperate. Wildlings are everywhere. Thorn falls wounded. Sam goes to tell John, we need you, buddy. John arrives and is that ghost
0: music? Ghost. <laughs> ghost. Kills a I lot know, of I,
1: wildlings. Ollie shoots you Greek. She dies in John's arms. Zach.
0: Definite loud ass. I need bells. to hear those right now. Play those bells, man axe! Fucking play them. Give us those bells, man Ass. The wildlings
1: retreat. Torment is taken captive. The watch stands. But barely. Then John sets off north of the wall to treat with Mance and you know if the opportunity arises, maybe take him
0: out. R.I.P. to Egret for real. R.I.P. Come on. Kissed by fire.
1: Really kissed, kissed by fire. Kissed by
0: Jon Snow in all the right places. Kissed by it.
1: Also, greet gets the Lord's kiss like five days ago, and she's already like making Ginger Minge jokes
0: with the Thins. I thought Ginger Minge was like a type of Girl Scout cookie. I did
1: not know that it was a slang, <laughs> that it's Northern, uh, Northern Britain ireland and scotland scottish slang apparently google that ginger minge mal our vows never specifically forbid intimate relations with women thank god read it and that gets us to this episode's (laughs) big idea so let's cut right to the core of it and stick it with the pointy end
0: yeah the
1: defining theme of this episode is fighting for the cause One thing to say an oath. There are so many oaths, after Mm. all. They make you swear and swear. It's another thing entirely for the sayer of an oath to mean the words. Another thing, yet again, for a person to be moved to fight to the death for something. This episode is packed to the burning rafters the shattered gates with men and women willing to die for a cause.
0: You know, we have heard many, many characters over the course of the show talk about oaths and vows and the burdensome cumbersome nature of always following them yeah. how can you right yeah. and that applies to really everybody but of course it keenly applies to the members of the night's watch because they have literally signed their life away yeah. by saying these words john of course is a brother of the night's watch so let's start with him because this is a this is a huge episode for john this is a this is the moment is. where after you know showing some leadership here and there the desire to help train the recruits, yep. the trip to Craster's to thwart the mutineers, yep. all in here fully, I'm a leader, I'm a guy you can trust, follow me, right? And it's interesting to consider, of course, how far John has come in his views about the Night's Watch itself, yeah. this organization, this mission. You know, we we talked way back in season one about the theme of institutional decay, and yeah. the Night's Watch was like our one of our main ways yeah. into that idea, because- to be honest, right. kind of a mess, right? But John, growing up as a bastard boy at Winterfell, this is where he wanted to escape right. to. He viewed the Nights Watch as a refuge, a chance for for honor and, if not glory, at least a noble calling. Well, what happened, right? Instead of finding a heroic organization and a place where brave men could could rise according to their talent, he met fucking Rast, right, cool dude. Cool dudes like Rast and his ilk, and, and Call from
1: Janelli,
0: and you know John's eyes very quickly before he even got to Castle Black, just yeah. on the road up there yeah. with Tyrion and Benjamin, You know his eyes were open to the reality of what the Watch really was. It's a rundown military order staffed by the unwanted of the realm, many of them criminals. So he had to make a choice. This is a big part of his season one arc: Are you in or are you out? Right? Are you a brother? Or not. Or not. And this came up fast. Many people challenged him. Right. Sam, Pip, Gren, when they, when they chase him and they make okay. him recite the words, Maester Eamon, Mormont. And John did make his decision. Of course, he's never fully moved beyond that. These ideas, these dilemmas, the pull of something else has followed him. When he's with the free folk, when he's with Egret, yeah, he's acting on the half-hands orders. He's Playing double agent, he's following through on a plan, but don't think he wasn't tempted, right? right? Oh, sorely. It's not easy to honor the vows. And of course, does he honor all of them? Well, Sam would say, buddy, you're fine. Buddy, you're good. he He didn't know that at the time, by the way. Exactly. But like, look, Ned, taken prisoner, executed by the king. Rob, rode off to war. Right, The weather-beaten state of the watch, the, the cynical way that the realm views the watch, these are the yeah. things that John was facing when those other things were happening. And he did come very close to breaking his oath. Mance's march on the wall, cl- literally climbing and desecrating in some yeah. ways the thing that he had sworn to protect, really rekindled in a lot of ways John's belief because this attack from Mance, this battle that's about to rage, is the, the very real embodiment of what this is all about, right. what those words mean, this is the real test, right? Every test is just, it's a series of tests. Your right. life as a, me- as a brother of the Night's Watch is a series of tests. And this is really, in many ways, the greatest one that John has faced. We see the way that other people around him are reacting, Slint and others. Pip, even, yeah. bless his heart. Not everybody has the courage to stand there and say, this is what I signed up for. Right. I'm all in. John. Does he is a watcher on the wall, right? Sometimes that doesn't mean much, but today to him it did. You know, imagine imagine having to step up and do what John did after you see Jano Slint. Right. You know, in, in theory. He,
1: he commanded the gold cloaks right, in King's Landing. <laughs> exactly.
0: A leader, right? Not only now here, like Thorne's instant right hand dude, but somebody who was, you know, yeah. would, would just be happy to tell you that he was a powerful dude in King's Landing. What's he saying? He's muttering, yeah. babbling like a loon, you know, no discipline, no training, a band of thieves. That's all this is. The, they're debating whether it's worth basically defending the inner gate, right. you know. And, and Slint's like, Those are four inches of cold rolled steel. Right.
1: We're good here. By the way, he only knows that because
0: Paris. Yeah, yeah, because
1: Alice Thorne is constantly saying that. Exactly.
0: It, yeah. And John says, Dude, they've got giants. What right. is Slint's response? No such thing as giants. <laughs> Stories for children. At this <laughs> moment, right. they are literally yeah, they're, charging they're, the wall. Look
1: down there, just my like, guy. Dude, <laughs>
0: yeah. just like lower your head, like, like just peek over the edge. And it would be very easy to be completely shaken and to lose all of your courage when witnessing an act like that. Instead, Gren steps up and says, Uh, uh look, you know, uh, Janus. <laughs> hey Bud. <laughs> yeah. They uh Jan, big Jan, they need you. They need you over there. Right. And John steps up and takes control he takes command right because thorn who we'll get to in a little bit has already left at the top of the wall to go down and get in the thick of the fighting up front john takes command
1: and then the the courage really to send his friend gren mm. to his death he knows he's Agonizing. doing it too there's there's really a great moment where john tells you know, he pulls gren aside and said take five men Need you to hold the gate. And then he goes to walk away. He pulls him back, you know, hold the gate. And then Gren goes away. And John, for a moment, it registers on his face that Gren is not going to come back from this. This is he just ordered Gren to go die. And Gren was like, okay.
0: Because that's what they're there for. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, um that's the cause they're fighting for.
1: This is a huge step for both Gren and John. Like, you know, it it's wasn't that long ago that the watch was just sitting around essentially, you know, doing cleanup duty on random wildling raids. An army of wildlings marching on the wall is something that happens rarely. I mean, it's happened before, but it happens rarely in the history of the realm. Certainly, uh, you know, no one was alive to, to the last time this happened. Um, so there, there's a sense, there would be a sense among the watch that, wow, we're living in historic times and that would bring... Their vows just into stark, stark relief, and like Thorn before him, John, when he knows that he's needed, just runs right down into the yard. Into no the fear, thing- no hesitation. Into the thick of the battle, gives Sam the key to go get, go get Ghosty out. I need him.
0: Love it. <laughs> Fucking finally.
1: Uh, and then the fight with the Then. You see in that fight. The experience that John has gathered over the last several months and years. You know, when he arrived at Castle Black, he had the benefit of years of training by the Castellan of, of Winterfell, certainly, probably Ned, Rob, being able to spar with, uh, you know, actual knights. Um, but he didn't have real world experience. And now he does. He's fighting a a then, a cannibal who is willing to do anything and everything to kill him. And John fights the way that Carl fought him. Spits in his face. Grabs the first thing. Whatever he can, you can fuck Whatever your you can on. grab and just hit him in the head and, and kills him. And then there's that. Was you going
0: to shoot John? I don't think so. Wow. Yeah. I don't think so. Because. There's just that that hesitation. It really is, and the true, pure love in her eyes, right. and
1: she also, could shoot him
0: going away, all, but looking right. in his eyes. But that's but that's the thing, though. She didn't shoot him going away. Like she put, right. yeah, here's yeah. a little of um, your thigh. Right, she could have killed him. She could. She, she could have killed him. She could put. We hear 100%. it right. You could put an arrow through a rabbit's eye <laughs> yeah. from like fucking 300 yards away. If yeah. he's alive, it's because you let him live. Right, and I don't think that gets any easier for her staring right into his soul.
1: Extremely tough. But there's that
0: fucker Ollie. Fucking Ollie. I mean,
1: let's give Ollie a pass. He's witnessed some I hate that fucker. (laughs) Witness some very tough things. You know, so the watch stands. They survive in the night. The watch will stand. And (laughs) does John celebrate? No. He shows right away that he understands the stakes. Uh, Yes, Dawn has broke and Castle Black is still here. But he knows... Mance is just going to attack again. They came very, very, very close to rolling over them. He says, Mance was testing our defenses. He almost made it through. He has more giants, more mammoths. Watch, has zero giants. (laughs) So yes, they have more giants. (laughs) He has more giants, more mammoths, and a thousand times as many men. They'll hit us again tonight. Maybe we can hold them off for a day or two, but we'll never beat them. That is right. He also shows courage. You know, the wildling army is only an army because of Mance, he says. He united a hundred warring tribes. Without Mance, they lose their leader. They lose their purpose. They go back to fighting each other, scatter back to their home. John here is saying, I'm going to walk into Mance's camp and hopefully he lets me into his tent and we can talk about things and then I'm going to try and kill him. And he says this knowing that you don't come back from this. Not only do you not come back from this, uh, they'd kill you in a really painful way. The wildlings, they'd, you know, skin you alive, boil you. Boil you. (laughs) Something, you know. Um, And in case you're not emotional enough about that already, about John showing how much he's willing to sacrifice for that oath and for the realm in an anonymous way, in a way that... You know, no one would ever know these guys' names. John, maybe they'd they'd talk about. The Bastard of Winterfell. You know, he'd get written down in a book. Gren, those guys, they'll never talk about them. And as he's walking out, he hands Sam Longclaw. And he says, I promise Mormont I'd never lose it again. That great moment.
0: Kills me. John has just shown such incredible growth in every area of his life. You know, just what? Literally last episode, we ranked the f- best fighters right. and if we had done it just one episode yes. later he would be so much higher uh-huh. in our estimation because of what he shows here and that's telling because he absorbed what what he saw from Carl right he absorbed the half-hands teachings yeah Mormon has clearly left a mark on him and he's showing not only superior growth and skill as a, as a fighter but as a thinker yeah emotionally and mentally how he responds he could just have crumbled yeah. when Egret literally died in his arms, but he gets up and he finishes the job. What would. I crumbled. Th- oh my God, me too. Into a puddle of tears. Yeah. What would Thorne think of John's growth? What is Thorne up to? He's fighting for a cause. Thorne,
1: this is Thorne's high watermark. You really see why Thorne is a ranger. right? You know what I mean? Like, this is where you go, okay, I understand this guy now. Right. He- you need
0: this episode from him to make him more of like a fully realized villain. Yeah. Because otherwise he's kind of, he's just been a caricature to this point. A
1: hundred percent. He uh, he has a moment with John where they're standing up there and they see the wildling army ranged before them. And he says, you know, you can say it if you like. We should have sealed the tunnel when we had the chance, like you suggested. And then John trying some magnanimity here. It was a difficult decision either way, sir. And then Thorne says, do you know what leadership is, Lord Snow? It means the person in charge gets second-guessed by every clever little twat. But <laughs> if he starts questioning himself, it's the end. But this isn't the end. And then he gives the fucking speech, like he gives the fucking St. Crispin's Day speech where you're That's like, great. oh, Alistair Thorne! Brothers! A hundred <laughs> generations have defended this castle. It's never fallen before. It's you will not fall tonight. He says tonight in a really, like, crazy way. <laughs> Those are thins at our walls. They eat the flesh of the men they kill. Do you want to fill the belly of a thin tonight? Tonight we fight. And when the sun rises, I promise you, Castle Black
0: will stand. Clearly it, inspired by Tyrion's Blackwater <laughs> speech. <laughs> really. A lot of similar
1: notes here. And Here's the thing about this scene. What you understand in that moment is all the things that Thorne has done to John, has done to the various brothers, humiliating John, cutting him down to size, ripping him for the various noble airs that he's put on, tearing into Tarly for his cowardice, uh, really just brutalizing the recruits and the way he trains them up. These are, in Thorne's mind, the best way to forge this collection of refuse into a force willing and able to confront their core mission, which is the defense of the realm from, you know, wildlings and evil and things that range beyond the wall. He's doing what he feels is best when he is that colossal asshole that he is. And in that scene, that speech uh, humanizes him in a really cool way.
0: And we do ultimately see some of the fruits of that, right? Not that we're going to ever give Thorne full credit for... Gren's bravery, but, you know, in, in Thorne's initial season one rants, there's a, a consistent through line of, you can't survive in winter, beyond the wall, in a battle if you're a boy. Do you want a right. boy at your back or a brother right. of the Night's Watch? And when we see Gren and the five other brothers go down and hold the gate, they are not boys anymore, right? No, no. One of them kind of tries to be a boy for a little second right. there, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. And they are men of the Night's Watch, right? The watches. Cause The reason for its existence, the thing that they are there for, that they have sworn to uphold, comes into such terrifying focus when these six human beings are the only thing standing between this charging force of evil and the rest of the realm, right? The cold rolled steel isn't going to get it done, right? Gren has to, and when one of the men starts to waver at the sight of of Mag charging, bearing down on them, Gren, this is it's it's a it's a beautiful moment. He steadies them, right? The gods aren't down here. It's the six of us, you hear me basically saying, remember, remember your words. And then he literally starts to recite them. He starts to recite the oath shades of when Gren and Sam and Pip did that with John back in season one. And it's like, look. There are a lot of things in Game of Thrones that kind of just are instantly going to bring out some sort of intense emotional reaction to right. you. Hearing somebody recite the, the Night's Watch vow yeah. is one of them. And when they're doing that as death charges down on them, it's really, really intense. And Gren saved them. He saved the day. And when, when John and Sam come down the next morning, there they are, just a pile of carcasses. But what does John say? They held
1: They held the The gate. gate. They held the gate. I mean, this is a—we've talked about this since, you know, the beginning of this podcast. And The Watch is a downtrodden organization, disrespected by the wider realm. But there's a noble mission there at the heart of this organization that uh,
0: shines through in moments like this. I think the heart that shines through in this episode <laughs> honestly is Sam Sam it's the slayer now for real inc- it's an incredible yeah. hour of TV for sam Tarly. first of all, this is like it's serious stuff, but it would be a dereliction of duty if we did not take a brief moment to appreciate some of his sex talk, right it, the episode opens this <laughs> battle is about to begin, and Sam and John are top the ball. Yeah. What does Sam want to know not you got the you got the Barrels, oil ready. Right, you got that. Yeah, right. The, cross, the scythe is the
1: scythe. All, all just ready to go. The chain on the scythe is all crossbows. All yeah, position. Did good. anyone
0: remember to teach Pip how to shoot? Right, we have the fire arrows right. ready. No, and- he says. Tell me about her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about her, buddy. And John says she had red hair.
1: <laughs> A memorable shade. <laughs>
0: Sam's response, uh, oh, how big were her feet? I didn't know that it, this is a great
1: little moment of character development for Sam. Didn't know Sam was a feet
0: guy. <laughs> I love how he just mocks John's total inability to like basically say anything like heartfelt or sincere. <laughs> right. And John says, like, dude, what do you want me to say? Right. And a, Sam says, know. this is actually really sad. Right. I want you to tell me what it's like to have someone. Yeah. We're all going to die a lot sooner than I was planning. It's the closest I'll ever get to knowing. And then John says, so you and Gillian ever? And Sam says, <laughs> for like one second, he's like, no, she just had a baby. Yeah. They say you gotta wait a little while. Right. You know, yeah, you know, there all sorts of rules. And then he's like, and she never offered. <laughs> And he presses the point, right? What's it like? And then John, this is like an all-time This is like when your great dad, John moment.
1: dad tries to have the sex talk with you. Go ahead. Give it to us.
0: Oh, there's
1: this person. This whole other person. You're wrapped up in them. They're wrapped up in you. For a little while, you're more than just you. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a bleeding poet.
0: No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's great and then Sam has could a few you do other... a little more graphic
1: John it's, this is, painterly shit is not doing it for me we're
0: gonna die buddy you once described Roz's <laughs> yeah. bosom yeah. Roz's turnips right. in a way that really left a mark can you give me a little something more here Yeah, and you know Sam does get a little something more out of who Maester wow. Eamon what a conversation between these two Eamon not thrilled that Sam is wasting the candles for a little midnight reading <laughs> Go back to bed, asshole. <laughs> Turn the freaking thermostat down. What are you doing? Can you use your earbuds? <laughs> I'm trying to sleep. And Eamon really gives Sam perspective, yeah. the kick in the butt that he needs to kind of get into gear for battle. Eamon shares his own story about his own love. He says, This is, it's so beautiful and yeah. sad and sweet. He says, I can see her right in front of me. She's more real than Oof. you are. Woof. That's agonizing. That's haunting. Fucking agonizing. And then he says, we could spend all night trading tales of lost loves. Well, Nothing makes the past a sweeter place to visit than the prospect of imminent death. Wow. Go to bed, Tarly. <laughs> what, a, what, a, <laughs> what a go to bed little speech that is. So good. We should rank the go to bed speeches at yeah. some point. No, no one can ever top Tywin and Joffrey, but this is a, this is a good one. Very quickly. There's another side to this battle. There really is. The Night's Watch, the Westerosi, they're not the only ones with purpose. They're not the only ones with a cause. What about the wildlings?
1: This is what makes this battle tragic in many ways. You know, Mance's wildlings are not this ravenous invading army. Yes, they are. Okay, they wiped out a village. They wiped out (laughs) Ollie's village. All right.
0: Ollie fucking deserves everything he gets.
1: And, And Mance isn't a king in the way that the Westerosi think about kings. They are... Refugees, essentially, the animating principle, the cause for the wildlings is survival, plain and simple. Cold winds are rising. Uh, The White Walkers are back. They know it. That's the only way that Mance has been able to forge all of these disparate tribes with different cultures and different beliefs and the Thens, who everyone fucking hates, (laughs) the giants, into one massive group because they know this is the only way that they can Have a chance at survival. Gotta get south of the wall.
0: Tormund. Oh, what a guy. Tormund is focused, sure, on the matter at hand, but he will not. No. We repeat, will not. No. Go out before telling every single person about Sheila. Oh, Sheila. Of course, I'd had a bit to drink. This is just so great. And Egret yeah. has no patience for it. She completely snaps. She doesn't want to hear this shit anymore. Right now, I don't want to think about the bear you never fucked. <laughs> right? Tormund can he can multitask. He yeah. can talk about Sheila and her fangs that she knew how to use. And he can also get ready to fucking throw down. Because yeah. when they enter Castle Black, you know, Tormund and Ygritte, they're part of the charge coming from the front, from right. the castle side, not the wall side. And no fear. No fear for those two. Eagrit's arrows are flying. Yes. Tormund, he can fucking fight, man. He can fight. He's Tormund's giant's bane for a reason. He can fight. And he takes on Thorn without any hesitation yeah. or fear. And at the very end of this, he is peppered with Yeah, he's got like eight arrows. arrows. More arrow than man. It
1: looks like a Kurosawa movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and does it stop him? No. No. He's, he's like, like ah! Totally frisky. <laughs> like, Looking for an in. and John's just like, dude. Yeah, I need you to chill. Shoot some one more time to get him to calm down. But Torment has so much fight in him, yeah. and that's because he believes. He believes in what his people are fighting for. He believes in their purpose, and so does Eager. You know, yeah. she is really motivated by a lot of things here, but primarily wanting to get back. She's at mad at him, or back with John.
1: Both. John. Both a- at the same time. Yes.
0: And and a sincere sense of North versus South injustice.
1: That's a very interesting part of her personality because she really, I mean, she harps on this. She says, you know, they came to our land and put up a big wall and said it was theirs. And she talks about how, you know, the the Night's Watchers constantly coming into their lands. They put up this wall and just because the wildlings are on the other side, now all of a sudden they're the enemy. And then she just can't wait to get it, John. Who knows what she would do to John when she gets him? She says, you know, The only thing left of him is going to be his fun bits hanging around my neck. And then the then says, you know what I think you're going to do when you see him? Serve him up a nice slice of ginger ninja. (laughs) And then, and then Egret says, you know, Jon Snow is mine. Anyone else tries to kill him. I'll have an hour for them. And not one of your bald friends is fast
0: enough to stop me. That's the other reason I don't think she was actually going to kill him. No, no, no. Telling everyone else not to kill him is right. like it's, it's a pretty red flag. clear like, sign. That they don't kill him. I'm going to kill him. Make sure he stays perfectly safe right. and out of harm's way so that I can kill if him. If you see him, just
1: text me. <laughs> I'll come over in the midst of the battle.
0: Drop the pin in Google Maps. I'll text text with, me his yes. location.
1: And I'll deal with it. He's
0: mine. Hey, guys, just a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. Binge Mode is brought to you by DirecTV Now. Livestream your favorite channels on virtually any device. Plus, you can subscribe to HBO and start watching Game of Thrones today. And now, back to Binge Mode. Jason, speaking of the wildlings. Yeah. You know, as far as we know, as far as we know, no one asked them to pay for the wall before raising it. But... <laughs> <laughs> Raised it was. Uh, and as Egret says, which side you wound up on basically determined yes, the course of your life so. and your history. So, you know, throughout the show's four seasons to this point, we have learned a lot about climbing over the wall, sailing around it, sneaking through its abandoned castles, all sorts of choices here, many yeah. different options. Why hit? Castle Black itself? Why hit the seat of the Night's Watch, one of the three-man castles, the one where most of these people are? Why face the enemy at all, right? Did Mance have other better choices or, you know, given the size of his force, the sheer number of people and yeah. beings and creatures that were with him, did he make the only logical choice? You know, let's let's take a quick break from the battle here and from our Trump jokes. Let's assemble the conclave and head to the citadel. It is a big,
1: beautiful wall.
0: <laughs> it really is. Teach us everything we need to know about the wall and the ways to attack it.
1: Alisha Thorne says that 100 generations have defended this castle, and it's a nice round number. Uh, that is certainly way, way, way too low. The wall was raised some 8,000 years ago. And while we don't know exactly how old Castle Black is, it is surely ancient, many thousands of years old. So perhaps as many as 40,000 generations have held Castle Black. That's if you um, hold to a generation being roughly 20 something years. Wildling raids, as we have mentioned, are a regular occurrence, but mass attacks by armies of wildlings, much more rare. It has, though, happened several times before, and still the wall and Castle Black stand. Could Mance be doing something better? Why attack here? Uh, remember, the king beyond the wall isn't commanding an attacking army, though, as I said before. He's trying to lead his people to safety, all of his people. That means men, women, and children, livestock, giants with mammoths. You know, they're they are bringing their possessions with them. They're, this is a move. Um, so Mance needs a way to get all of these people to put their trust in him onto the other side of the wall in some kind of orderly and efficient manner, which is why he needs to attack a at castle black. He needs that tunnel. Okay, so why not go around the wall? Why not? Wildlings do do this uh, regularly, usually by braving the waters of the Bay of Ice in the west. That's the eastern terminus of the wall uh, on the Bay of Seals is much more dangerous because it's guarded by Eastwatch by the sea, which is the watch's primary seaport. And it's that uh, port sees ships from all over the place, the free cities and beyond, and the southern cities of Westeros, southern ports of Westeros. Wildlings even have been known to trade there. Um, So that being such an active... Hub, it's going to be harder to sneak around there. The western end of the wall is the responsibility of the men assigned to the shadow tower. Now, the shadow tower is actually not the farthest western castle, that would be Westwatch, but that's abandoned. The western end of the wall falls off into this giant, giant crevasse, which is known as the gorge. Now, wildlings do climb down into this to bypass the wall, but It's that kind of defile is not suitable for Mance's needs. He needs, again, to move thousands of people in an orderly fashion through the wall and this little crevasse that's quite dangerous to traverse is not going to do it. Why not take them over? You know, the, the watch at Castle Black has, we know, like 102 guys. You know, that's a very, very meager force. Tormund's force of Thens and Wildlings is like what? 80 people, 40 less. And they very, very nearly rolled Castle Black. Mm -hmm. So you got to figure if Mance had been like, okay, I'm going to commit 400 wildlings to the fight. Okay. Castle Black falls that night. That's the only critique you can make of Mance, although this is skipping ahead, but you do find out later that when Mance found out how weak Castle Black was, he did send more men over, but farther down and it would take them a day to go to get to Castle Black. Why not go under? History and legend suggest that it's been done before. In addition to the watches, tunnels, at the manned castles along the wall and those that have been sealed, the ground under the wall is riddled with caverns leading to really no one knows quite where. 3,000 years ago, co-kings beyond the wall, Gendal and Gorn led their army through these caves known forever after as Gorn's Way. Uh, It's it's very labyrinthine under there and somehow Gendal and Gorn were able to find a way that popped out from under the wall. The uh, thing was, though, as soon as they came out, somehow the king beyond the wall had gotten wind of it, fought them right there at the, at the foot of the wall and beat them back. Gendal fled back into the caves where stories say his descendants live in darkness and agony to this very day. Anyway, um, Gendel and Gorn's path through the Labyrinth has been lost to legend if it ever actually existed. Final verdict. Mance is actually doing pretty well. This is his best possible chance. He could have sent more guys over the wall, but, you know, that's a nitpick.
0: Shouts to you, Mance. Good job, Mance. Way to go! Yeah, we're sure everything's gonna work out great for you from here. It's gonna be yeah, you're gonna be fine. It'll
1: be all right, Mal. I think we're gonna die if you keep missing. We will. Well, let's not miss. Let's head to the Sept to bathe in the light of the Seven by sharing our Seven favorite insights and observations from this episode, lightning round style. Number one. Egret already making want-to-know-what-it-tastes-like jokes mere weeks, weeks, maybe two months or something, after receiving the Lord's kiss for the first time from John.
0: He must be gifted. It really left an impression. I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> uh, is, that what, is that what Lord's do to their ladies? Is that what
1: they do in the South? I don't know. I just came up with that out of nowhere. it's improvised
0: Natural leader. Yeah. Number two. <laughs> Gotta talk about this. On the way to Castle Black. Yeah. Gilly, who had managed to escape the fate that befell Molestown whore, survives. <laughs> give me the bells, Zach! <laughs> survives the massacre of Molestown, yeah. and she's making her way. She's making her way back to Sam to Castle Black and just so happens that her path takes her right past Egret and Tormund and their band of wildlings. Right. They have a warg they're they're, right. they're watching Seen through the, the eyes of a hawk. They're, they're in theory keeping watch well enough to know like how the Night's Watch preparation is coming. <laughs> but none of them, yeah. not the fucking warg, not any of the assholes sitting around talking about ginger minge or fucking bears sees this cloaked woman Man, and her amazing. baby bundle walking right on the crest of the hill above where they are.
1: It's like fucking Metal Gear.
0: No wonder no one takes the wildlings serious as <laughs> fucking fighters. How about a lookout, dude?
1: Number three, Thorn. Archers knock and hold. And then Grin drops the the barrel. I said knock and hold, you cunts. Does knock mean draw? No. Does fucking hold mean drop? No. Do you plan to die here tonight? No, sir. That's very good to hear. <laughs> fucking Thorn. Thorn, man. What a He's, showing. He really earned a lot of respect for me. What this, in this
0: episode? The showing. Yeah. Number four. From the comedy oh. and the ginger minges <laughs> to the feelings, guys. Right. Feels. To the feelings. Very deep feels. Amen. chatting with Sam, and he says thousands of books, no eyes to read them. Old age is a wonderful source of ironies, if nothing else.
1: It's very, very tough. It's it? just
0: extremely sad.
1: It's also the, um, it's also the theme of a classic Twilight Zone episode starring Burgess Meredith. Anyway, number five, uh, more Maester Eamon. I was in love once, Sam. What? You're <laughs> fucking you? old. What?
0: You? <laughs> you can
1: imagine all manners of horrors befalling that poor girl and her child. Is it so difficult to imagine that an old person was once more or less like you? Yeah, Sam. be fucking ageist, you.
0: I also on, just buddy. love the idea that Sam is now like the universal you. Yeah, like, I Sam know, it's great. represents the everyman. All, all like, of a what? sudden, great stuff. Um, number six, gotta ask. I got. I just got one more note here for the <laughs> Wildlings. Is that really the biggest fire the North has ever seen? I mean, it's hyperbole, probably, but you know, it was like it was pretty good. It was a an decent okay sized, fire. sized fire, right? It was like you know. We're not talking about the fire like we were talking about the turnips on right. Roz's turnip cart. Dude, those t- turnips still, I, they haunt me <laughs> to this day. Yeah, and you're forgetting about this fire already, so there you go. Point made. <laughs> I know. Back it up, man. Come know. on.
1: Number seven. John wasn't wrong about the wildlings lacking discipline uh, to challenge a Westerosi army. Here's Eagreet's super detailed scouting report. They've got a big fat one and a little scrawny one manning the front <laughs> Come
0: on, guys. I need... Man. That's not enough. Amazing that uh, the free folk aren't having more success <laughs> <laughs> over the course of history.
1: I uh, know. It's like they're while they're bantering about fucking bears, you know, like a woman and her child is slipping through their fucking lines. Come on, guys.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Sam told Ollie to fight. Yes. And while that bit of advice... Uh, spoiler alert. We'll have some dangerous yeah. ramifications down the road. Very unfortunate. It did help secure victory here. Yes. And came at the cost of the feelings of this week's champion. Each episode, we are going to honor the person who played the game, advanced his or her cause, did something dope. This week. Come on, guys. It can only be one guy. Who's the winner of our champion's purse? It's John. Big Johnny. It's John Snow. What a, what a, what a showing. What a showing for our bastard boy here. This was one
1: of my favorite parts of the book as well, because yeah, it's just that feeling of, oh man, it's really starting to come together for John. Just the way you can feel the respect of his fellow brothers. And it's so natural. You know, he takes command of the siege, he's in charge of the wall. Just the fact that Gren was like, I gotta fucking get John o. Slint out of here, so John
0: can right. be. In and control. then I have to do what John said because right his, he 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 might not be Lord Commander, but right. he's my commander and the, and,
1: you know, all the rest of the brothers are like, yeah, get this get fucking slint out of here and get John in command. That is that's powerful. that's that is real leadership when everyone just kind of decides that it's you. then he just takes spear point, essentially, goes down to the yard where the shit is like getting extremely real. Fights off the thin, helps steady the defense there when Thorn goes down. Just an amazing, amazing, amazing showing from John, giving you the full range of leadership, not just leadership verbally, but leadership of action.
0: There are a lot of moments over the course of the story, certainly have been many to this point where you invest in John, you root yeah. for John, you care about John. This is when you, I think, when the the vast number of people watching this or reading this say, oh, this is about John. Right. Yeah. This is John's 100%. story. Yes. He's the hero. This is a crucial moment yes. in his arc and his hero's journey where he has taken the next step. He's leveled up, and you say and you recognize this is all about what happens with this guy.
1: Yes. Well, when you think about it. He's been isolated from politics, from the things that have been going on in the wider realm. He's been up there at the wall, uh, marching against wildlings, marching against uh, whites, but not really not in command yet and not affecting events. And yeah, here's the moment where you're just like, oh man, Jon Snow, maybe he's the guy I can focus on. Because yeah, who's between the time that Rob died and Jon Ascends in this episode there's just not a lot to focus on for people who want a heroic story or looking right. for that avatar. And he's he's had everything. He's had the love interest, he's had the action. He has the really, really cool direwolf pet that gets <sighs> to kill lots of people. What
0: a what a great moment. It when really Ghost, is good. And on the new TV, the new 4K, <sighs> just watching ghosts like chew off that dude's face. Oh, really something. Really uh, something. All right, guys. We held them off for one night. Yeah. This is a great victory. We hope that you had as much fun as we did today and that you will join us next time. Season four finale time. Season four, episode 10. The children. Till then. We've said it once or (laughs) twice or 10 times today, but it's important that you remember. Right now, we don't want to think about The Bear You Never Fucked.
1: We went out, a couple of drinks. It's wild. She's a wild bear. People would say, is that your bear? Yes, yeah, my bear. Took her home. You got to see the scratches in my back after a night with Sheila. Sheila.